Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Yeah, what's up, everybody? This is your Uncle Jer, live from Dallas. <laughs> Welcome, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Myron Metcalf. We are in for the guys today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, lifelong dreams today, making it pro, are dying all over the place, Myron. An hour from now at 4 o'clock, I guess it's 58 minutes, all 32 teams have to have their rosters at 53. We turn the page. We look from August to September. We start getting ready for the start of the season. Um, I know fans are fascinated with players getting cut. We've seen this on Hard Knocks, especially a couple of times with our friend Jerry. But um, it, it is a, a day that every GM says is like their least favorite day of the entire year. Yeah, I mean, I think we forget a, a lot of times that from the start of training camp to the end of training camp, almost 1,000 players in the NFL get cut. I mean, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing to compare it to in all the sports with how many people lose their jobs, lose their dreams. I mean, for some of these guys, this is their last shot to try to get into the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and it's remarkable on a day like this. It's sad for a lot of folks uh, who maybe reached the end of the road before they thought they would. Uh, Myron, my love of sports started with me playing sports. I got to say, at a pretty young age, I realized that I was going to be going pro in something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was about seven. I remember I had a dream that I made our high school basketball team, and I, I grew up in Denver, and our high school basketball program in my neighborhood was where Chauncey Billups went. I mean, it was a state and national power. And I said to my mom, hey, I had a dream, you know, that I made the basketball team, you know, where we think we're going to be going to high school. And, and she goes, Aaron, I don't think that's going to be happening. Yeah. I said, Mom, I said, you know, don't cre-. She goes, you're, you're, you know, in third grade and you're three foot eight. Like, I don't yeah, think you're yeah. going to be, I don't think you're going to be going yeah. to the NBA. And it was at that moment that it struck me that my dreams of being a professional athlete probably weren't going to come to fruition. Myron, I would imagine for you, came later, right? I mean, you played D2 ball and won state championships in different sports. Like, you, your realization had to come at a different time. Well, so uh, in college, I played at Minnesota State Mankato, D2 school, but we practiced on the same field at the same time as the Minnesota Vikings. So literally, the Vikings would practice on the field. They would leave. We would come onto the field. So we crossed the Vikings. You'd watch them practice. When you saw those guys, you knew like what what was about to happen. And you knew how different that level was. And I'll give you a story quick. Our best dude, like the most vicious dude on our team, the toughest dude on our team, got like a cup of coffee with the Vikings. One of those like training camp contracts or whatever they call them, you know? Yep. And so he's out there. And we're just so proud that he's out there with those guys. And uh, after Aaron, about uh, eight minutes, you understood that the way they were throwing him around – you knew that you wouldn't have a chance. So so that was my moment. It was like, if that's our best, toughest dude, and they're doing that to him, I better get into journalism or something else because I think this is the end of the road for me. 
Well, Triple Eight say ESPN. We want to ask our fans today with players getting released all over the NFL. What was the moment you realized professional sports wasn't going to be for you? I imagine most of the people listening have played a sport. Maybe they played in college. Maybe they got to a pretty high level. Maybe there was a little minor league baseball in their past. Triple Eight say ESPN. What was the moment that you realized you were going to be going pro in something (laughs) other than sports? Because a lot of people are having that realization with cut day in the NFL. If there are any big name cuts, we'll be all over that for you. As again, we'll get all rosters to 53 by 4 o'clock this afternoon. In the meantime... The biggest story in the NFL of the day, Myron, is going on in Buffalo, where Von Miller has to stay on the physically unable to perform list, and he is going to be out for at least the first four games for the Bills. They play the Jets, then they've got Raiders Commanders, so those are probably two winnable games for them without Von Miller, and then they take on the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's funny, everybody's assuming that they're a playoff team just because Josh Allen whips the ball for the Buffalo Bills. But I kind of look at their roster, and I'm kind of unimpressed. And I think this Von Miller news, missing at least the first four games, I think it opens up the possibility that Buffalo may not win this division. In fact, they may not even be a playoff team this year in the AFC. I mean, there are – I'm not there, right? But there are some serious questions on the offensive and defensive line. They've had that lingering right tackle issue for a long time. And obviously, we talk about Josh Allen. He has to be protected, scrambled far too often last year, was in too many vulnerable situations. I think a lot of people are concerned there. Now you lose Von Miller for these four games. And then, Aaron, you don't know how he comes back. You know, you don't know what happens if he does return, which Von Miller you get. I think the other thing out there, and it's really weird. Maybe it's just because we've been so Jets-focused. Remember that weird dust-up with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen that just kind of went away? Yeah, yeah. He, like, he like left a minicamp. There was some argument, and everyone was sort of like, hey, no big deal. That's just Stephon being Stephon. That is one of the premier receivers in the NFL. Yes. Who apparently has some issue, maybe with his quarterback, maybe with his head coach. Yes. And no one said anything that convinces me that all is well in that locker room. So there are a lot of layers to what Buffalo is doing in a year when Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. You're dealing with healthy Tua, who now knows how to fall and protect himself because of jujitsu. And you're looking around that division and going, okay, maybe this isn't Buffalo's year. I'm not there yet, but I understand the concerns. You know, I think it's as likely they finish third as they finish first, to, to put that. And I also think New England, you know, what do you think, Myron, that the Patriots with Bill Belichick are just going to roll over and be an easy out? I think no. We, we, we talk, we'll talk to Mina Kimes coming up about 20 minutes. She said last week on this show that the Patriots are going to drag you to hell. They're yeah. going to run the ball. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to yeah. play tough, hard-nosed defense. You know, they, they're, If they fall behind by 14, the game's over. Yeah. But probably in most games, they're not going to fall behind by 14. So I think it's a tough division. And I just look, the, the argument for them is that their quarterback is top five, maybe top three. The yeah. argument against them, like I look now at their defense. You know, I like Matt Milano as a player is really good. Jordan Poyer has been really injury prone, has gotten hurt, and I think that's true with a lot of their secondary. By the end of the year last year, they couldn't get to the quarterback at all. Yeah. So that's what they need from Von Miller, and he's not going to be there. Yeah, the defensive concerns are real in a league that has gotten better offensively, right? I mean, yeah. in a division that's gotten better offensively. So, you know, I think the, the thing about Josh Allen and the Bills is you also are assuming that Tua and Aaron Rodgers, two guys coming off durability challenges, 
Aaron Rodgers didn't look like two-time MVP. You're assuming those guys are playing at a comparable level to what Josh Allen has done throughout his career. It is possible, though, to me, Aaron, and I I keep talking about windows because we assume that these teams have a 10-year window if you have an elite quarterback. That's real for Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's real for Joe Burrow. I don't know how real it is for everybody else. There's a chance, Aaron Goldhammer, we might look back at the last two to three years and say, that was Buffalo's window. We didn't know it at the time, but that was their opportunity to go and get one, and they couldn't do it. Hammer with Myron Metcalf, Canty, and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's funny, we're talking about this. So was Chris Canty this morning. He is the normal host of Canty and Carlin, but he was filling in with Emmett Golden on Greeny this morning on ESPN Radio. And he agreed, Von Miller's absence for the Bills is a big deal. Take a listen. Starting off the season without Von Miller, which is the guy that everybody circles in offensive game plan meetings the week ahead of the Bills matchup, like if you don't have him, then who are the pressure players on your defense? You got Matt Milano. Outside of him, there aren't a whole lot of guys that can wreck the game for opposing offenses that you can rely on. And so I think that's the interesting thing that we have to watch for. Can the Bills develop some of those guys across their defensive front with their four-man rush? If they can't, This is going to be a long season for Buffalo. We could be talking about a team that everybody is picking to win the division being on the outside looking into the playoffs. That's how big of an impact this can have just because the margin of error is so small. Byron Metcalf, to me, two years ago they lost Brian Dayball. That was a big deal. This past year they've had other losses, and as they pay Josh Allen more money, it's like where are they better? Yeah. You know, like get, give me the spot where you feel like they are definitely improved from a team that got booted by Cincinnati disappointingly at home in the playoffs last year. Well, you pay a Josh Allen because he has to be the where they better response, right? Like he has to be the guy who's even better somehow, because that's what happens in this league when you give a guy that kind of a contract. But to your point, it does take away from other positions. And again, I'm going to say this all show. Will somebody tell me what's up with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? That was the weirdest summer story (laughs) that nobody addressed within the organization, and we're just supposed to believe everything is good. So if you're telling me that there might be chemistry issues with his key receiver, that's another big concern. But again, we got to think about that division. I I think the Jets have something to prove. I I think Tua has to prove he's healthy, and Matt Jones doesn't scare anybody. So there's other questions around the league, around the division, not just with Josh Allen and the Bills. I I just think there is a realistic world now as I look at their team where the Buffalo Bills finish last. And that's not just like the Murphy's Law season where Josh Allen gets hurt. I'm just saying – you talk about windows, you know, they kind of had theirs with Day Bowl in 13 seconds, and that, that might have been the opportunity for Buffalo to be able to win their Super Bowl with this iteration of their team. I wanted to mention there is a cool story with the Bills today. DeMar Hamlin, man. has, as expected, made the 53-man roster. And Myron, on September 11th, on Monday Night Football against the New York Jets, that guy is going to take the field again on a Monday night. And the last time he took the field on a Monday night, he had cardiac arrest and just about died on the field. So that is a really amazing story and will be one of the incredible storylines going into that first Monday night game on ESPN and ABC. Yeah, Aaron, it's unfortunate that we found so many things to fight about in this country, but that's something we all can come together on. We all watched it. We were all terrified. We all didn't know exactly what we were watching, and we were just waiting for updates, hoping that he was okay. To go from that... To him making the 53-man roster is one of the more miraculous stories that I've ever seen 
in my time covering the NFL, being around the NFL. So it's just amazing, man, that we have so many capable people in the medical field who are able to help this guy get back onto the field. And he's already wins, right? doesn't matter what he does. He's already won for the rest of his life to be back out there and to continue to keep going. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Myron Metcalf. Triple eight, say ESPN, the number if you want to jump in with us. We're asking you about the moment that you knew professional sports wasn't happening for you because guys all over the NFL are coming to this realization as many of them you talked about over a thousand players are getting released on this cut down day in the NFL Curtis in Indiana is first up with Hammer and Myron on ESPN radio what's up Curtis uh, not much. what's going on with you guys cut down day we want a yeah. hockey story from you go ahead I got a hockey story for you so when I was about 12 I played uh, ice hockey, and I played goaltender, and, um, well, let's say I smashed one of my left uh, boys downstairs, and uh, that's when oh, I knew I wasn't oh, playing that professional Oh, Curtis, sport. no, no, no. So, yeah. That was Man. it, uh, huh? Yeah. That was the moment. You're like, I'm not doing <laughs> this for a living. No. Yeah. I only yeah. got one left, and uh, the odds of uh, – yeah, coming out on that unscathed might not <laughs> okay. be in my favor. All right, that Curtis, right. Okay. Lot, yeah, a that's lot a, of information. I don't know that we need all of that information. I think we got the original uh, storyline, but that that is that is the worst nightmare. That's uh, all Myron, you can say. Two, two big things we've learned so far in this segment. The Bills may not be a Super Bowl contender, and uh, Curtis in Indiana only has one Triple H say ESPN. Yes, yes, that's a good way to segue. That's a good way to segue. Let's go to North Carolina, where Daniel is standing by. Hopefully, he is with all his body parts. And he joins us on ESPN Radio. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. Yeah, shout out to Curtis for moving forward. God bless him. Yeah, in uh, life. In life, right? Just in life. Right. Every day. So, uh, 1980, 1987, we were uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida. Had a summer job. Yeah. Went out to play some pickup basketball. Sure. And these guys were running us. And I'd played against people that were really good, you know, could jump high. But all of a sudden, this one kid, I was staring at his kneecaps in a millisecond. I'd never seen anything like it. I was like, holy hell. Yeah. And then three years later, D Brown is who I was playing oh, against. Oh, yeah. The, the Reebok oh, yeah. Pumps, D oh, Brown, yeah. slam the, dunk champ for the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you survived with everything intact, so I think you won. You know, compared to our previous caller. So, you have know, you, you ever have you ever played hoops with an NBA player? It is a truly remarkable experience. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've played with some pretty good guys. I always hear about the runs on ESPN's campus with like the dudes who kind of just retired. Yeah, will go out and play. Yeah, and you hear those stories. Yeah, you know, it, it's a different it's a different level what those dudes are doing. Shannon's producing the show today. Shannon, you ever played ball with an NBA player? You ever been on the court with an NBA player? I have, as a matter of fact. Uh, I've told the story before on ESPN Radio. I'll tell it briefly, but this is 1996, so you got 13, 14-year-old Shannon on the court at Eaton Middle School in Hampton, Virginia. You know, I'm I'm playing, I'm chilling or whatever, doing my thing. Like six cars roll up. All of these dudes get out the car or whatever, and Uh there's one dude who just was like running, had so much energy up and down the court. He came on the call. was like, yeah, I got next. So everybody's like, yeah, you got next. Turns out it was Allen Iverson right, right after he got drafted <laughs> by the 76ers. So of course, my team has to play his team next, and I'm the shortest dude on the court. So guess who has to guard 
uh, you know, rookie of the year, Allen Iverson, or fresh Whoa. out of Georgetown, Allen Iverson. Yeah, that's Dude. me. So, of course, the first play of the game, what does he do? He calls ISO. I turn around. I was like, yo, we better play zone because yeah. I'm not getting embarrassed out here. Needless to say, he scored whenever he wanted. So Whenever, no. whenever they want. I mean, yes. I've gotten dunked on before, and even relatively recently, Tony Smith uh, has worked with our team in the past uh, in Milwaukee, who, you know, played for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and ju- to just see the comfortability and confidence with the ball in his hands, yeah. it's like he's playing a different sport than what I'm playing. Triple Eight say ESPN. Yeah. Marshall in Arizona is next up on ESPN Radio. What's up, Marshall? Hey, how's it going, guys? Love the show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. So, so my story is I was 12 years old in sixth grade, standing at six feet, two inches tall, and getting my uh, – sports physical for basketball, and my doctor said if I keep on growing at that rate, I'm going to be seven feet, six inches tall, so I thought NBA, here I come. Yep. Uh, fast forward to the middle of high school when I didn't make the basketball team because I didn't grow an inch taller since then. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm in my mid-40s and still actually about six one now after jumping out of planes for 20 years. Hey, those- so I've actually shrunk an inch. <laughs> uh, man, those doctors just they uh, make a living off that, right? Telling people they're going to be 6'10", 6'11", 7 feet. You know, man. not everybody grows at the same pace. I've heard Charles Barkley tell the story of when he grew five inches in a summer, and there's a crazy Anthony Davis story. Um, Myron, he was committed to play basketball at Cleveland State, and I'm in Cleveland, host a show here in Cleveland, live in Cleveland. And Gary Waters, the t- coach at the time, was all excited. You know, I got this guy, multidimensional, smaller. But in a summer, he grew like seven or eight inches. And he was with John Calipari at Kentucky in about yeah. five seconds. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. the Cleveland State Vikings Dude. were not in Anthony Davis's future anymore. You know, he played at high school without a gym. Yeah. I mean, like, it was just, it was an amazing story. We got to ask him about that when he comes up. Yeah, I, but we should mention John Calipari on campus with us at ESPN today. And no promises, but he is scheduled to appear with us at 445 Eastern time. Shannon now looking at me like, how dare you jinx that? But I, I'm confident it's going to happen. John Calipari with us a little bit later on in the day. Triple H say ESPN is the number if you want to jump in with us. When did you realize that professional sports just wasn't going to be an option for you. It is cut down day in the NFL. Up next, will the Trey Lance trade be motivation for the Cowboys starting quarterback? We'll discuss that. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The Niners agreeing to trade Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a fourth-round pick. This kid was the number three overall pick just a few years ago, and we've barely seen him play. A fourth-round pick, in my opinion, absolutely worth that gamble to see what you've got. Uh, Trading for another quarterback. Could that be that you don't have that much faith in Dak Prescott? Could that be the reason? I'm just asking. <laughs> see you soon. You hear? The maniacal laughter of one Stephen A. Smith. It is cut-down day in the NFL. We are, um, what, Myron, about 30 minutes away, 28 minutes away. All 32 teams have to be at 53 I think we know Dak Prescott's going to be the quarterback of the Cowboys, but how much longer is that going to be the case? It is time for us to ask an expert on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Myron Metcalf, and we bring in Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. She is the host of the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny Podcast. Mina's players are getting cut all over the league. Myron and I were talking about, you know, this is the end of the line for a lot of guys with their pro football careers today. It's kind of a sad realization that it might be over or you might not have made it as far as you thought you could. Do you do you have a moment? I mean, I knew probably when I was seven that I wasn't going to be going and playing professional football or basketball. But do you have a moment when you thought you were going to be able to go pro in something and you just ran headlong into someone who made you realize you might want to consider another path? I don't know if I thought I was going to go pro, but I did play competitive soccer all my life, travel teams. Um, when I was uh, young, like really young, I, I was like really, really good, like scoring like six goals a game, kind of good. Uh, but then when you start doing the circuits with uh, like Olympic development program, you realize you're not actually that good. Uh, and so, you know, I, I did play like varsity soccer in high school and whatnot, but by then I had been disabused of the notion that I would ever be, you know, the next Mia Ham. Six goals a game, though. I mean, that, that's impressive. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people can say that they've scored six you know, goals a game. You know, that's that's something, man. People Mina. think of me as an athlete, but now you know the truth, Mark. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I wonder if Trey Lance will ever score again in this league after uh, he was moved to the Dallas Cowboys. For the fourth round pick, when you heard the news of that trade, Mina, what was your immediate reaction? I was really surprised. Not that he was traded, obviously. There had been speculation about that for a while. But the destination definitely wasn't something that had been rumored. And 
honestly, while I think for Dallas, taking a flyer, fourth rounder, fine. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, like, I, I don't think it has anything to do with Dak Prescott. I'll first I'll say that, contrary to, you know, Stephen A. and some of our colleagues. But it's not a team where there's even a path for him to get reps. I mean, if Dak missed time like he did last year, I'm not so sure that Trey would start over Cooper Rush. And I've also seen, I think maybe someone in the Cowboys even said this, oh, there might be more similarities between Dak and Trey. No, there isn't. (laughs) They're very, very different quarterbacks. You'd have to run an extremely different offense with Lance. So if the idea with him is like, okay, you know, he obviously was seen as a very valuable prospect. Let's see what we got. That's going to have to wait a really long time. I mean, obviously, we'll see how he looks in practice, but he's not going to see action until next summer. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst with us, the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny Podcasts, available wherever you get your podcast. I guess we're 24 minutes away, Mina, from the arbitrary Jonathan Taylor deadline. Where do you think, uh, where do you think things stand with the Colts and their running back who uh, may or may not ever take another snap in Indy? Yeah, it's a weird one, right? The charges deadline is pretty arbitrary. Um, not just because I still think the best place for Jonathan Taylor is Indianapolis, but if he isn't traded, and Miami is a team that has been thrown out the most and makes some sense, I I don't really know how this is going to shake out with them because of the murkinesses of his injury status, which I imagine also affects his trade value, but from my Indianapolis's perspective, if he's still in the roster, he's going to have to play at some point if he wants to accrue status, uh, you know, a year played so that he can be a free agent next year. So maybe he's on the pup list, he sits out a little bit, he comes back. It's really hard to know what to make of it. And I'll say this, just from a football standpoint, it, it's a shame that he might not play because, you know, I, I really think he'd be really good in Indianapolis next to Anthony Richardson. Watching this offense, we're going to talk about this on NFL Live uh, during the preseason. What jumps out to me is just how uh, advantageous the numbers are for running backs getting to play next to Anthony because of you know his threat to keep on zone read, the RPO, that kind of thing. So if Jonathan Taylor does play and stay in Indianapolis, I think he's going to put up, put up pretty big numbers. Mina, we've watched for the last 20 years mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, and you've seen how that's affected college and high school football. With this murky situation for NFL running backs, how do you think this will affect some of the talented players who maybe would have played that position but might be thinking twice when they look at what's happening in the NFL at that spot today? Oh, I I think they'll still play running back. You know, the odds of making it into the NFL are so long that if you're being, you know, if you're talented at running the football, coaches are telling you they want you to run the football. It's your best shot at getting a college scholarship and then. Once you get into the in, into college, making a mark and being drafted, I don't think um, you know perceptions of uh, long term contract value being smaller than what you thought are going to affect that trajectory too much. Mina, appreciate the time as always, and we will catch up soon. Mina, Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Adam Schefter, and then someone. Do I recognize the other person who's going to be on set with you? Who is that? We are so happy to have our fearless leader, Laura Rutledge, back this week, just in time for this evening. 
Wow. Nice. Great stuff. We'll be watching. Thanks, Mina. Thanks, guys. That's Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny Podcast. If you are a fan of the NFL, you've got to be following what Mina has. You can follow her, of course, on all the social medias at Mina Kimes, K-I-M-E-S. Coming up next, we want to hear from you. When did you realize that playing in the pros wasn't going to be an option? Maybe at one point you were a six-goal-a-game scorer. Man, two Capri Suns, Myron Firmina Kimes, <laughs> as she got two six goals. The she oranges, got, she the got purple double, stuff. double the Dairy Queen. Triple Eight State ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We will get to more of your calls next. Canty and Carlin, Aaron Goldhammer, Myron Metcalf, with you on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Well, it's cut down day in the NFL. When did you realize that playing professional sports probably wasn't going to be an option for you? Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Myron Metcalf. We will get back to the phones in just a second. Myron, I ordered dinner after finishing up the show with you last night, seven o'clock Eastern. But I don't know about you. By the time I get done with the show, like I'm just ready to eat a I'm shoe. Yeah, yeah. By the time we get done. So I order takeout from a, um, a, a nationally syndicated uh, me- uh, Mexican fast casual chain that shall remain nameless. That's okay? a lot of words for, the, for what do you we know. know. Which, yeah. Do you know we which know. chain I might be referring to? <laughs> it's okay. only like one or two. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to tell you which no, no, one no. it is. So that no. We're not definitely not going there. So I'm curious what you do because all these places, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I order, I pick up my food, I, I dig into my uh, burrito, and it is rice, cheese, and salsa, and there is whoever built the burrito just forgot to put the meat in the burrito. Oh, <laughs> it's just, it's just a, so I took about four bites because I was like, I think I'm going to get to the meat eventually, oh, man. and I never ended up getting there. So I'm about a 15-minute drive from the place. What, what do you do? Do you demand a refund? Do you try to call? Do you drive back and get like? How do you handle this situation? Was, was it like a delivery service that brought it to you? No, I went and picked it up, but the the place is a good ten fifteen minutes away from us. Oh, you got to drive back. I mean, for me, I mean, the first bite, I'm driving back and uh, getting a refund and hopefully getting some sort of certificate or something for a future burrito. It just you know the worst thing, Aaron is. When you get the food, you don't check the bag. You just assume. Yeah. You get home. Yeah. You're just ready to sit down and disconnect for the day. Right. And something's wrong. And yeah. that just isn't. Uh, and th- you this get your money is back. also, I'm not eating like a cheese-filled tortilla. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. They, what they lacked in meat, they doubled up on yeah, cheese. They just, I they mean, just... there was a pound of cheese in this tortilla. They thought you would notice. So okay. I, I went on the AI Okay, I went okay. on the app, I went on the AI, and I started talking. There's like a you thought that you might be talking to a person, but really it's an automated system. Yeah, that's And scary. I was trying to be like there was no meat in my burrito, and the automated yeah. system is like, "Can I help you?" And I was like, yeah, no, "No, no, no." Like you don't no. understand. There's no meat in my burrito. Like please help me out. Help me. Someone get me. <laughs> Shout out to this national place. They they took care of me. Although I did not end up 
you know, I, I got it for lunch today, but I did not end up getting the satisfaction of what I was looking for last night. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Chris in Iowa is next up joins us on ESPN radio. Hey Chris. Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you? So uh good, thank you. Uh, when I was in high school, I was kind of a lineman specialist, one of the better linemen at my high school, and I got invited to a camp, ended up going to that camp, and I got owned by a bunch of people that would be backups at NAIA level. Oh. At that point in time, I realized I just, yeah, yeah my cards it, were played. It, it, it's time to hang them up. Thank you, Chris. you got to be. Yeah. It, is, is football the easiest sport to make it pro, Myron? Probably, right? Because there are just so many guys on a team. Maybe, but I think it's it's you know depending on where you are. Like I feel like you know California, Texas, Florida, like that's a whole different thing. If you're from Wisconsin, it's a very difficult sport because just physically you see those guys and you go to different states. And you're like that's something else. I went to a camp yeah. at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber, the late Marion Barber, rest in peace, were there. Two running backs who. Were really yeah. good players, yeah. uh, and I remember walking up to Marion and being like, "Hey, coach," he's like, "No, nah, man, I'm in tenth grade," and that's when I said, "You know what? Um, maybe I can manage a team. Yeah. You know, maybe I can yeah. be a Might ball be. boy or something." Because be he didn't look up. like me. He didn't look like me. What about the kicker thing? Because we saw about three kickers traded today. If I trained my 11 month old no. son, no, hold on, let me finish. Okay. If I trained him starting today, every day of his life, yeah. to be an NFL kicker, could he? Could he? Or do you need to have a certain level of like physical ability to be able to even get into yes. the conversation? Oh, I think that's so hard, just because the pool of players. You know, you have soccer guys, you have kickers. It's it's difficult. I was on the field with USC uh, maybe a decade ago to came to Minnesota, and I was like. These are some big dudes, you know. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty big. And then someone was like, that's not the team. Those are the kickers and punters <laughs> oh, and specialists. <laughs> so even at that level, man, yeah. those dudes are bigger and stronger than maybe most people think. I keep trying to find a way to get this kid free college. I got to still work on it. Uh, <laughs> Mike is in Missouri. He's next up on ESPN Radio. Hi, Mike. You're on with Aaron Goldhammer and Meyer Metcalf. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Uh Hey, when I was uh, 15 years old, I grew up in Kansas City. We were playing baseball, and my dad coached the team. We were in the playoffs, and we were facing a pitcher that threw harder than anybody had ever seen before. He's a future Hall of Famer, or he's in the Hall of Fame now. He struck me out three times, and we ended up having to bunt uh, to get off. We ended up beating him three to one. He left the mound crying. His name's David Cohn. Save that sound, and next time Coney comes on, Shannon, we got to play it. He is our Sunday night baseball analyst. We might have to get David Cohn on to tell them they annoyed him with the bunning. That that, that was the trick. That was the key to it all. I bet he was throwing heat. Can you imagine that against a future Hall of Famer? I can't. I, you know, some of these savants, like to be to make it to the league, you have to be an incredible genius at what you're doing. Yeah. To be David Cohn, like <laughs> that's We're gonna We're gonna that bottom. is like one of one of one to have yes. like a long career where you win awards and all that stuff. All star appearances. That's beyond beyond wow. um, coming up at four o'clock, six minutes from now. 
Myron, the deadline is going to hit with Jonathan Taylor. Okay? So we will see whether he's a member of the Colts or not next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.